Good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning we're going to be talking about our area schools and how the School Resource Officers Program works in those schools. I don't know if you knew this or not, but uh, for the next week or so, area schools are going to be having some drills. We're going to be finding out what is going to be accomplished in those drills and a little about why we do the drills. With us from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, School Resource Officer Sergeant Scott Cups with us. Scott, good morning. Good morning. Good to have you with us today. And uh, you brought a friend with you, uh, SRO Kyle Grisham. Kyle, good morning to you. Good morning. Good to have both of you with us today. Tell us a little about the drills uh, is this something relatively new or is this something we've done for a long time no, this is something that we've, we've done for a long time it's it's progressed and grown as the schools have grown and as the sro division has grown but it's it's something that's been around for as long as i can remember well what what do you do in the drills what's the purpose of these well, the, the the purpose of the drills is is just simply to to ensure the the readiness and preparedness of the of the the school faculties as well as the students that, so that in the event of some type of of, of event where uh, certain actions to be, need to be taken place, we, we we put that training into place ahead of time so that when when it does happen, we uh, the the faculty and the students already know what to do, and it's it makes it uh, a lot easier to respond to a critical incident. And of course, that could be virtually anything from some uh, armed person being on the loose to a tornado or a fire. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Like we 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 prepare for for you know violent incidents we prepare for weather incidents uh chemical and gas incidents you know you, if you can think of it we've we've done a drill to to kind of prepare for that now did these drills did some of them get started when some of the uh, tragic issues uh, the columbines and things of that sort began around the nation or ha- have they gone back farther than those here in the county, we um, of course we've had SROs for 26 years. You know, we were very fortunate, and one of and the first. That's exactly right. And um, part of having a police officer in the school is bringing that mindset into the school of you know the safety and and you know that's what law enforcement is that's programmed in police officers' minds and their trainings. So it was kind of a natural progression. However, here in the county, Columbine was a big one, and it um i guess kind of emphasized the importance of training faculty and preparing not only the law enforcement but also the school side and getting everyone just 
you know, the best part of practice not only is the preparedness part, but also the what works and doesn't doesn't work. It's a good opportunity to see the plans in play um, and give us an opportunity to refine those plans. And like Kyle said, you know, our schools have grown a lot. Our county's grown a lot in the last several years, and um, we're you know working with the school system and we have you know 48 campuses now about to have 49 next year and so it it it's quite a machine to operate and you know drill week will be two weeks this year and a lot of a lot of parts working over that two weeks now over the entire state are they having drills or is this strictly rutherford county doing this it? is i'm sure other schools and other districts are doing it this is just this two weeks is for rutherford county it's set up with the central office um working around schedules of testing and events going on in the schools and in the county yesterday was you know all the high schools had act testing and so it was one of those things. We, we always try to avoid conflicts in the school and, and education comes first. Now, do the teachers participate in the drills as well? Yes, they do. The, the, the teachers, the, the faculty, uh, the administration of the schools, they all participate. And you know, part, of, you know, part of our goal in doing the drills is to ensure that, that the SROs, the school administrators, uh, the the teachers we all can work you know as a team and as a unit uh, and 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 make decisions as a team to respond to the different events. So, do you add new directions, new items to each year's drills? And if you do, who determines what's added? We have a group of SROs along with um, central office that kind of work through it. A lot of it is issues we've heard about on the news around the nation or issues that we've had pop up over the county in the last year that we feel like are good trainings, um, good scenarios for the schools to be prepared on. Um, a lot of them revisit from past years, but a lot of things, you know, with technology, things are always changing and, and uh, um, distance learning this year, this, you know, whole new concept that we've had to add and factor into our drills. And so there's different things that come up every year that we try to address and um, it's not just the drill. We also have a, a what we call a tabletop portion, which is a practice portion. We have all the schools have um, team leaders that have different jobs in the event of an emergency. And we work with them on a separate drill just to try to give them a, a mindset on, on different things that we can't just necessarily interrupt the school day with and, and do as a drill. Now, I'm glad you brought up distance learning because we're all involved in one way or another of distance something whether it's a zoom meeting or classes that are via the internet uh, have you been able to keep connection with the students over this period of the pandemic yes and it's been a challenge i don't know um kyle may tap in on this too but um it's been a challenge but as a uh, supervisor we get a chance to see what a lot of it, we've got a lot of creative schools, a lot of creative officers in the schools, and um, the schools are using, um, I guess, Zoom meetings. There's there's other programs that they're using, but um, from elementary schools to reading books online, um, giving the opportunity for the students to to have the SRO read a story to them, um, to officers, you know, 
doing announcements, making videos for announcements so that the entire school can can see the officer that way. Um, we try to um, be visible in the hallways and, and out front of the schools when people are coming in and going. And, and so there's a lot of ways that we've been reaching out and being able to still stay distanced. Now, both of you have been involved in the School Resource Officers Program for a pretty good while. Tell us some of the things that you look at yourself and you think, my life has been enriched with this experience. And, and I think a lot of people don't stop and think, uh, what a connection uh, the SRO has with the students. The, absolutely. So the you know, a, a big portion of, of my you know, my love for the job is is interacting with the kids. You know, spending time with the kids, and not only just from a law enforcement you know perspective, but just you know, and and just establishing a relationship and talking about you know things outside of the law enforcement with the kids. We talk about cars and sports and and everything else, and uh, that's you know that. You know, that's our own job itself is, is, in my opinion, the best job in law enforcement because we do have so much of that positive interaction with, with kids, with the, with the community. Um, so as a police officer, that aspect of it makes, makes uh, you know, the quality of life for an officer much, much better. Uh, the distance learning thing certainly has, you know, put its challenges in that with it, but we've, we've done everything that we can do to, to try to, to work around that and, and, and still interact with the kids. I do definitely miss being in the classrooms with them, uh, you know, and, and, and actually teaching classes and having conversations in the classrooms. Uh, but, you know, we, like Sergeant Culp said, we've, we've done our best to, to still stay connected in a sense of, of, you know, putting videos out, doing, doing announcements on the, on the TV and, and stuff like that. It looks as if we're starting to see a return to uh, some of the things that we would consider normal. Uh, do you foresee, uh, I doubt there will be a total return to normal in this school year, which we're getting close, believe it or not, to the end of it. Uh, but I would think next school year we, we might have a pretty good chance at that. Uh, will the SROs do anything differently? Have you learned some new techniques some new ways of doing things that you think are pretty sharp. The video presentation for classes, I think, is a, a neat opportunity. I, I would think that we will m probably stay with that in some form or fashion, not all the time. I can definitely see the benefit of SROs, especially elementary schools, middle schools, getting in front of the kids in a classroom, interacting with the teacher, teaching classes. Um, but the the benefit of video is that you know it allows the teacher to show that video of the officer whenever it's convenient for the teacher there's times in you know especially elementary schools where the kids are calmed down more and and need to watch something as opposed to hearing the teacher or or times when the sro may get busy at school and have something else happen and the teacher could still go ahead and show the video and stay on schedule and not interrupt their class by the sro not being able to be in the class right then so i see some benefits of video um instructions um i think it's opened up some opportunities for announcements where sros may not have been on announcements prior um it works out great at my school um at central um it being a magnet school a lot of times i um don't necessarily feel like i should interrupt classes there's a lot of high drive and uh, kids are stressed out a lot um but we have a uh, safety time with Sergeant Culp video that we try to show. We've made, I think at this point, seven or eight different videos. 
Um, and back to the benefit of SROs in the school, a neat thing happened just yesterday where one of the sergeants was um, going through a drive through or picking up something. And um, the one of the older students, a graduate from Central, was there. And, of course, he didn't know where the child or where the girl would went to school and was talking to her about, you know, the SRO program and um, who was her SRO. And she said it was, you know, Sergeant Culp. And um, or he asked what school you went to. And she said Central. And he said, well, do you know your SRO? And she's like, yes, yeah, Sergeant Culp. Well, we have a thing. Um, where I guess it's shoot probably 10 years ago now at Central. I guess the school's been there 11 years already. But um, where I had gone into the choir class and asked the teacher if they could make a jingle, <laughs> just a song for safety time. And um, so they did. It was It's a 10-second little jingle about safety time with Sergeant Culp, but it's kind of a catchy tune, and as soon as the sergeant asked the girl if she knew her SRO, and she's like, yes, Sergeant Culp, and started singing the song. (laughs) And um, so it was, you know, she'd been graduated for a couple years, and it still went back to the the safety time jingle, and, you know, there's a lot of good instruction that goes with that, so hopefully they remember that. But So you really do a lot of bonding. It sounds like uh, this is more than just a a visual impact on the on the school and a lot of it you don't realize i mean a lot of it comes back up years later that you think that you know that wasn't a big deal but to someone it was and you know i I know kyle's involved in a lot of things at at school and you know we've got the the car club which we've been here talking about before and we're about to do a great race again this year um and you you're on you're you're driving it aren't you yes well actually this year we have um some of our college kids are coming back we've actually got some of our um, central graduates that are about to graduate from college College, yeah. and they're coming back to to drive and navigate so this time will be the first time we have a full student crew drivers and navigators and of course we'll be along in the chase vehicle in case anything breaks or now you're still using the pontiac yes 53 pontiac named bonnie and um she's ready to go we've had her out going for a couple car cruises with a couple car clubs and and um so yeah, um, our mechanic Dean Holland does a good job of keeping her up and running, and and um, so we're looking forward. We'll start in Texas this year and drive all the way up and around Tennessee and um, through Kentucky, West Virginia, back down into South Carolina was is where we will yeah, end. The route changes each year. Then. Yes, every year. And Last so, year COVID messed it up and we kind of got canceled, <laughs> but this year we're going to start out at the Alamo and ah, um, on yeah. the River Walk there, and and um, so it, looking forward to that. That'll be in June. Now, will it come through Murfreesboro? Because it did one year. It did because we were the first um, student group from Tennessee to ever be in it. And it happened to be coming up this way anyway, which is kind of how we ended up in it. Um, I think eventually it will come back to Murfreesboro as long as we can stay in there. And and we have a great community and and a great community. antique just a enthusiast a lot of enthusiasts in the area and so i think that they liked coming through murfreesboro and i'm sure they will be back very good looking forward and this year's race begins again when the end of june end of it'll june. run um i think june 18th and will uh, end um right around the first of july all right well that's just another great example of how the sro gets involved when you started out uh, in our SRO, you probably had no <laughs> vision of, of going along on a race like that. No, none. I, yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I've done a lot of things in in thirty years, but not once did I ever think I'd be taking kids across country in an old car. 
<laughs> That's interesting. Now, one thing, too, I thought would be interesting to touch on this morning. There are time-to-time incidents that come up, events that uh, have a dramatic impact on students' lives, sometimes on the whole system, sometimes on just one school. Uh, say a student is killed in a tragic accident or uh, something larger that impacts several students. Does the SRO get involved? Are you the, the, the link, I guess, to the outside world? In a lot of ways, we are, yes, sir. The, um, uh, <clears throat> with one thing that a lot of the schools have experienced, or, or some of the schools have experienced, you know, th- you know, through the whole COVID thing, is you know, there's been several schools that have lost teachers, uh, and that's one thing that my school experienced this year, uh, and as well, you know, here recently, we also experienced the, the loss of a student, and and. You know, when, whenever we have events like that, of course, you know that 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 hits across the entire community. You know, or, or at least our entire school community. You know, extremely hard. It, it's hard on the SROs. It's hard on everybody. And and we and we certainly try to to cope with that and deal with that as a community. You know, the SROs with the student body, with the faculty, uh, and so forth and so on. They, they, you know, a big part of what we do and my goal and in, in, in interacting with the kids through tragedy or through good times is you know I want them to see that we as police are good are normal people you know we have our we have our own emotions and our own you know our own personalities and we have lives outside of law enforcement and you know and, and a big part of that is is not only interacting with them in positive ways as much as we can but it's also you know enduring those tragic times with them as well and so that they can see our emotions and see that we do hurt um, you know in in the events of uh, you know, losing students. You know, one thing we all try to do is is kind of be the the liaison between the family affected and 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 law enforcement. Uh, you know, an example of that is is oftentimes when students, if students at our school pass, then then we uh, as SROs we're, we're like we want to be the ones that escort the funeral. You know, we want to do all that, and so we, you know, it's 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 that's not only you know for us trying to help the the family uh, but that's also like a coping mechanism for us you know when we deal when we lose you know a student now these are sometimes new incidents for you new feelings uh is there do you what kind of training do you have i mean uh you have to have some guidance this is brand new for you in, in a lot of incidences so all of us, as far as SROs, have started our career in law enforcement, either in the jail or on patrol. Or, you know, we've had we've seen the other side of these incidents where the investigation comes in. You know, um, I don't know how many times um, pulling up on a, an accident and it being a fatality. Um, early in my career, um, we lost two students, and both. And, and this was, you know, I started in Ohio. I've been down here for 20 years, but um, it was a just one of those weeks where it's just everything went wrong. Mm-hmm. And every time I was on a way to my way to a different school, I'd come across an accident, and it was like every day that week. And everyone involved a student, and three of those were fatalities. It was different schools, but it was we lost three students, and um, the so you you see that side of it. But being involved in the school and the emotions, a lot, a lot of time in law enforcement, you shut those emotions out. You just don't have time to deal with that until later. Um, and you use fellow officers and, and to, 
to, I guess, talk through those things. And, and, um, but in school, you actually have a softer side and it not only just with these incidents and being able to accept and use your emotions, but just little things from just having, you know, walking through an elementary school and someone coming up behind you and hugging you around the waist without seeing them. You know, a typical police officer is going to not want people to come up behind them and them not see them, you know, and getting out of that mindset a little bit in school and allowing yourself to have a softer side and, and just, it, it, it's a whole new concept. And sometimes it, it's easy for officers to come into schools and, and accept that and to embrace that. Other times it's hard and it takes a little while, depending on what that officer's been through in their career. Um, but that is a, it is a challenge, but I think it's a welcome challenge too, because like Kyle said, it gives everyone in the community a chance to see that you are a person underneath that uniform. It's, you know, you have to present yourself as one way when you're working on patrol and traffic stops and officer safety. But on the other side, you know, you do have family, you do have your own children, you have, um, people in your schools that you you know the students that you care about and well you you have to, you become their role model in a way well that's I mean, part of the sro program is is being a role model and yes whether you like it or not they they will look up to you um just everything whether you're coaching or whatever you're doing with those kids it's the personality of a of an SRO and it's not just SROs, you know, teachers have that same ability to attract and students and to have an opportunity to talk to them one-on-one -on -one or in a group that, you know, help them through life choices. And it is tough being a kid, especially these days. And I know we've been here in the past talking about social media and, and the pressures that these kids have with peer pressure not ever being able to get away from it and um so it is nice to just be able to sit down and and unwind with kids especially in an unstructured environment as in you know after an athletic event or you know just in between when they you know they have time today we're focusing on the school resource officer program and some of the changes that are being seen during this pandemic year a different kind of year we will continue the conversation in just a moment. Stay with us on this St. Patrick's Day. Both of you have green on. That's the color of your uniform, so you lucked out on that one today. If uh, you don't have a sheriff's uniform, be sure that you have green today. If you want to talk sports, you want to talk local, you want to talk with Monty Hill Jr. and Tim Tackett, it's all sports talk. Weekdays at 5 on WGNS. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the things when we were looking at trying to craft our menu to help those who are dieting is the side dishes. A lot of times we were so used to eating starches and unhealthy side dishes. 
In addition to our spinach, which we've had on the menu from the start, we've added zucchini and green beans, but we've also added broccoli. The broccoli is properly steamed so it's not too soft and not too hard. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. Hi, this is Dave Kivanimi at Music World and Drummer's Den. Music World now is the dealer for Ernie Ball Sterling Guitars and Basses. This is a great new line of guitars and basses, and it's a fantastic complement to our Taylor Acoustics and our Paul Reed Smith Electrics. We've also got ESP LTDs, which are a fantastic line of guitars. This is Dave Kivanimi at Music World and Drummer's Den on South Church Street across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Join me, America's career coach, Ken Coleman, weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do. Good morning. Still heavy traffic out here as they work this crash on 24 eastbound at Salem Pike here at New Salem Road. Traffic just crazy slow up through here right now as we check it out live. Again, on uh, 24 going eastbound here at Salem Pike. Going westbound is heavy, but it's moving up through the Hickory Hollow area towards Nashville. Hey, you never know when you might need them. Free at last bell bonding. Serving Davidson, Williamson, and Rutherford counties. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see periods of showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with cloudy sky conditions high in the low 70s. Winds out of the southeast around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 53. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County but will always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Sometimes you gotta wonder, is there anybody in town Truman Jones doesn't know? Truman Jones is on weekday mornings at 9 on WGNS. Now there ain't nobody in this whole wide world Spend my time. I'm just a good loving, rambling man. Say, buddy, can you spare me a dime? Hear me crying, it's a green, green, it's green, they say, on the far side of the hill. Green, green, I'm going away to where the grass is greener still. Yeah, I don't care when the sun goes down, where I Everything is green today. Welcome in on this St. Patrick's Day edition of the Action Line. We're focusing on the Rutherford County Schools, and our school resource officers are with us today. We're broadcasting from the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window, making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Check them online at willowwindow.pro. Uh, that's a new one if you haven't tried it out. Willowwindow.pro. All righty. Our phone number, if you want to join us in conversation, 615 893 1450. You can also text on that number, 615 893 1450. Visiting with us from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, 
School Resource Officers Sergeant Scott Kelp and Officer Kyle Grisham. That number again, 615-893-1450. We were talking about some of the things that uh, you are doing as school resource officers, and uh, some of these are pretty big changes from what you've learned to do as officers. And I guess those changes uh, are, are more noticeable these years than uh, this year with the uh, pandemic and what have you. We've noticed an increase in traffic fatalities and traffic accidents during this pandemic year. Somebody explained it as being possibly the roads had fewer cars and so people felt more at ease with driving faster or trying to get to their destination more quickly. Have you, have you noticed uh, an increase in student accidents? Hopefully not fatalities, but uh, have more students been involved in accidents this year than previous years? Um, I think high school parking lots, that's a pretty consistent. Um, I was having a talk with a parent yesterday whose um, daughter... Um, her car had a scrape down it, and um, they were around looking out the parking lot trying to figure out who hit them, and every car out there had a scrape or a scratch. Or, you know, students learning to drive is kind of a risky business anyway. So I don't know that high schools have seen more as far as that. I think, I don't know, if Kyle? <clears throat> Honestly, I kind of feel like uh, you know, our, our accidents within our parking lots anyway have decreased a little bit just simply because of the de- decrease in number of students that are that are in-person learning. Uh, the, but you know, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because that's one of the topics that I'm anxious to get on my announcements and, and bring up just to, you know, to encourage my students to reel it in a little bit out in the parking lots. Uh, you know, one, as an SRO, one, one of my, as a high school SRO, I should say, one of my most stressful times of my day is dismissal. You know, like I'll stand out in the middle of my parking lot and just, you're you taking know. your life in your hands. <laughs> you need to put a big flag on your head. So I, I, this is the first I've heard about uh, wrecks in the parking lots being a problem. Uh, but a lot of fender benders out there, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, what do the kids say? Well, gee, I didn't know you were there. Or what? <laughs> um, a lot of it is parking issues, um, not knowing you know how long how far their bumper sticks out when yeah, they're turning yeah. into those tight spark parking spots um some um students are learning in bigger cars which safety wise i understand that having my own kids learn to drive um however those bigger cars are harder to park in in parking spots so um yeah um a lot of times it's when students are coming in running late <laughs> and um yeah a lot of it is i just you know i just didn't know i just didn't see it i just didn't oops (laughs) (laughs) well and that's a a good lesson to learn at five miles an hour or whatever rather than 40 or 50 that's exactly right that's right so and, and those are things i guess that makes a real impression on them that they probably keep with them for a good many years i would think so i know several of the students that i've talked to that have been in fender benders in the parking lot are pretty traumatized about it and and uh so are parents and so i'm sure it leaves an effect so what what do you think is this a a growing uh issue Uh, is this helping students mature 
wiser in a wise way through the school system? I know it's not a program that <laughs> this is not class 101 in driving. Um, I'm sure it, it, it leaves a lesson. Um, it teaches them a lesson, you know, it, I would much rather it happen in a high school parking lot than in the mall or, or Walmart or those high congested places during the holidays, especially. Um, but I don't know that it's a new problem. I think it's just always been a problem. I think that the more students we have in our high schools, the bigger of a problem it becomes. But I think it's all relative to that. I don't, I don't see it as a problem with the drivers today as much as it is just student drivers. Now, one other issue that is reported a lot with, with youth, and that's drugs. Do you see that in large numbers, or is that decreasing, or is it changing? The drug issue with uh, students. The <clears throat> so kind of my experience with 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 drugs. It's 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 kind of it's an ever present thing. Uh, I, I think it was you know it was the drugs were present when I was in high school as a student myself. Uh, I think they were present long before I was around. And, and honestly, I think they'll be they'll be present long after I'm gone. You know, it, kind of what we as as our division we you know we have to change with the times and 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 keep up on the trends and to, to try to stay on top of it as much as much as we possibly can one one uh newer technology that's come out that we've really had to adjust and and train on is is the the is vapes coming onto the scene um so you know once vapes were vapes were introduced to, to society you know smoking on campus and and whatnot became much less of a problem but the vapes you know re replaced that problem and you know it kind probably of, tenfold absolutely you know uh and also along with the vapes is you know we we were dealing with instead of we're not dealing with as much actual marijuana on campus uh, we deal with more of the the thc oil that you smoke out of the vapes uh and so we you know we have to adjust our our uh our mindset and our policies to you know to deal with the, the trends in, in drug use uh, you know unfortunately a lot of the students think they're under the impression that the vapes are easier to hide uh, they're easier to get um, and, and also a lot of them don't think that we know the difference between you know uh, a vape with nicotine in it as opposed to a vape with THC oil uh, and a lot of them or not a lot of them but occasionally they do find out the hard way that we do know the difference uh, and that we will you know, prosecute the THC oil just like we would, you know, regular regular marijuana. Uh, but, you know, I, I will say, you know, you know, as far as the number of kids that 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 uh, that use drugs or bring drugs to school, I really feel like that 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 percentage probably remains pretty consistent over time. I would say, you know, like I would I would dare argue that that you know like the same percentage of kids that were doing those things when i was in school is probably still close to the same percentage of kids that are doing it now so i don't i don't feel necessarily like that's a problem that's getting worse uh but it is one that we that we try to stay on top of and as far as the the vaping i think a couple years ago it spiked and i think you know social media um movies television things that the kids were watching on on their devices um i think it was a big influence and there wasn't very much being put out 
about the risks. And I think over the last year, um, social media has started putting more out about the, the risk of vaping and, and whether it's on the news or commercials or, or public service announcements, it's becoming more, oh, students are becoming more aware that there is, there are problems with, you know, I think they all, it, it was a big hit because they all thought that it was better than smoking and they could hide it and there was no health problems. And I think that's what the society is starting to realize is there, there are problems with it and, and people are starting to realize and hopefully getting away from that. We have a text here from a listener uh, who says they have a 16-year-old son and they are vaping and they try to tell them that uh, it's safe, but the parent says, I just don't believe it. Uh, can you tell us a little about some of your experiences on uh, how, what are the side effects of vaping? Um, I know there's a lot of uh, medical reports. Um, obviously, the Internet is a huge resource for that. I don't have any of that in front of me to, to reference, but I will say the biggest problem is the addiction. And students won't, you know, kids won't admit that they're addicted, but, it, it, you know, it does have nicotine. It is addicting. And what I have seen with some of the students that I've dealt with in different situations is that they realize that they're addicted, but they won't always come out and admit that. But when you see kids not doing it in social environments, they're doing it by themselves on a regular basis and they have them with them all the time. Um, it is an addiction issue. And so it's like any other addiction, you know, getting someone off of what we're used to on cigarettes. You know, they, they make all kinds of devices and, and, you know, that's what vaping was advertised originally for is to get you off of nicotine and, and cigarettes for health reasons. And, and I think people have realized now that that's probably maybe not the case. It may work for some people. I'm not, you know, trying to, to slam the market, but at the same time, we have a lot of students that I believe are addicted to nicotine. So it, that is a problem in itself. Obviously, they don't give this away, so it's costing a lot of money for a teenager or anybody to get addicted to vaping. Yes, and it, it surprisingly isn't as much money as what it probably should be. Um, and we have a lot of creative kids in our communities that have figured out ways to refill the cartridges on their own. And um, some of them, unfortunately, are probably running a little bit of a lucrative business in the in their communities on selling these um <laughs> so well, each what are they refilling it with <laughs> well they're buying the the nicotine the vape juice um never, actually comes in a <laughs> in a little bottle a little squeeze bottle and with a little needle and they can they can inject those into the cartridges for each different type of model of vape cigarette and refill them and so give they're you made a to used, refill your own. Is that what it's for? Um, yes, I think so. I'm I'm not that familiar with them, but I know that they we have run into those at the school, and and there are people that are doing that. So it's a side business. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, because uh, I was thinking of is this leading to more crimes and robberies and what have you to pay for the habit, but it's creating a, a new enterprise. <laughs> yeah, and one thing most kids in schools don't have a shortage shortage of is money it seems like they really? they a lot of kids have 
come to school with a lot it's of money. It's the parents who have the shortage. That's, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. Our final break is coming up right now, so if you have a question, don't wait until the show is about over. Uh, get with us quickly, 615-893-1450, the St. Patrick's Day edition of the Action Line. We'll be right back. In her good old Irish way And I'd give the world If I could hear That song of hers today Neighbor Talk covers issues you won't hear anywhere else. They're local issues. WTNS, AM, AM FM, FM, online. This is Ron Hall. When the unexpected happens, Farrah Construction can help you, whether there's a vehicle in your business or your home that's not supposed to be there. It's in the news, a car through the front door. We can board it up where the place is secure and deal with your insurance company to get it back to its previous condition. When the unexpected happens, call Farrah Construction Company. This is Ron Hall with Fair Construction. Call 615-893-6120. Hearing and understanding is vital. People you know depend on Dr. Sean Lancaster. Research shows that people who have hearing loss but choose not to treat their hearing loss have a reduction in their speech understanding. Dr. Sean Lancaster. Mention you heard me on the radio to receive a free TV connector with the purchase of a pair of hearing aids. People you know depend on Dr. Sean Lancaster. So should you. Find us at MurfreesboroHearing.com. Good morning. Still heavy traffic out here as they work this crash on 24 eastbound at Salem uh, Pike here at New Salem Road. Traffic just crazy slow up through here right now as we check it out live. Again, on uh, 24 going eastbound here at Salem Pike. Going westbound is heavy, but it's moving up through the Hickory Hollow area towards Nashville. Hey, you never know when you might need them. Free at last bell bonding. Serving Davidson, Williamson, and Rutherford counties. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see periods of showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with cloudy sky conditions high in the low 70s. Winds out of the southeast around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 53. This is Jeff Graham. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. In this salute, we talk to a World War II veteran. 
Now, I flew 19 missions. I was on our 20th mission, but I didn't finish the 20th one. Dr. Charles Edwin Howard, a World War II veteran. On the 28th of November, we went to Duisburg, Germany. We went to Kassel, Germany on the 29th, but we didn't go on the 30th. Then on the 31st, we went to Berlin. Now, this was the first time we had fighters escort us. They didn't have a fighter that could carry enough guns to go all the way to Berlin, but we didn't get there. We were diverted to uh, Dalton, spent the night there. Then the next day, we came back from Dalton. Then the next mission we flew on a Sunday to uh, Munich. Then we flew to Leipzig, Germany. We went to Nuremberg. It was a hard one. Nuremberg was a very difficult one. We really got shot up in Nuremberg. One plane came in. I mean, he was on our left wing. We were not to the initial point. That's where you start your bomb run. And uh, fighters come in just before you get to that. Quite often, planes, you know, would hit. And I tell you the truth, I was more afraid of that than I was machine guns or flak. Dr. Charles Edwin Howard, a World War II veteran. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Veteran and locally owned, fast and available 24-7. Restoration One offers preventative maintenance so that you never have to experience a loss like this again. Restoration One, the water damage experts. We're in the final segment of our broadcast this morning. We're spotlighting the Rutherford County Sheriff's Officers School Resource Officers Program. Sergeant Scott Culp is with us along with Officer Kyle Gresham. Just a few minutes left in our broadcast, and as we began the broadcast this morning, we were talking about this particular uh, week, uh, now through March 26th, as a matter of fact. They're doing drills at area schools. Uh, do the kids come home and, and talk about these drills with their parents? Or I would hope so. I'm sure that the younger they are, the more they would talk about it, more exciting it would be um, with... Uh, covid and and the change in how we're doing things in schools you know this year's we've had to be a little more creative and and you know we have fire drills on a regular basis at least you know around once a month and and trying to keep everyone distanced from each other and and safe so you know it's put some restrictions on the drills that we're going to do this year um it's hard to lock down in a classroom and and you know huddle in a corner when you can't be around everybody that close and so but i'm sure they will come home and talk about it and i hope they do talk about it you know i want parents to be involved in that too and it takes a community to keep a school safe and i would imagine a lot of these drills can be used at home too you can transfer the the same use uh, for for the family yes absolutely i mean more of it it's more of a mindset than anything and i think that's what we're trying to to instill in the the students and the teachers um is that you know the biggest thing is don't be a victim you know whether it's a fire or whether it's a um a weather emergency or whatever it is don't don't be a victim the you know if if the school's on fire get out if home's on fire get out um know ahead of time what to do to get out of your house if it if it catches on fire and so it is a good conversation starter for for students and their parents and and the communities but um yeah yeah i mean that's what we're hoping comes out of this is just 
in their mind, no matter what the situation, because we can't train for everything. We try to think ahead of time, but you know, there's always going to be a twist to every, every scenario and every, every situation. And, um, the biggest thing is just to be able to do what they need to do on their own without thinking, just go, just do. So be in conversation with your child, get that conversation stimulated and started and, and get them to share with you what they're learning. Yes. And most, uh, most students won't see, you know, the drills are a lot of, um, um, there's scenarios, but most students, most teachers don't see the scenario. They don't hear the scenario. We don't have people running through the schools and it's, it's calm. It's, it's non-stress, non-panic. Um, so it, they may just think that they had a fire drill today and, and not know any different. And, but there are going to be drills happening in the schools over the next two weeks, this okay. week and next week. So th this, this is a period set aside to learn and uh, learn how to protect yourself. Before we leave, we have about a minute left in our broadcast. Anything that we've left out that we need to touch on? Uh, any any item at all? Okay. Uh, again, Sergeant Culp, you're going to be uh, driving this time behind the old <laughs> Pontiac uh, in June. <laughs> You'd think it'd be less stress, but I'm not sure that it will be. I think it's going to be more stress. But well, it's on you to make sure that it keeps going then if that, you're in that follow car. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Partly, yes. The, mecha the, uh, the emotional part, the mechanical part is on Dean Holland, but yes. Well, that's going to do it for our St. Patrick's Day edition of the Action Line. Special thank you to Rutherford County Sheriff's Officers School Resource Officer Program and Sergeant Scott Culp along with Officer Kyle Gresham for joining us this morning. Speaking of the Sheriff's Office, Truman Jones is waiting in the wings. So, And Truman was uh, there when the program got started, I believe. I believe it wouldn't have been there had he not have started it. There so, you go, yes. Truman. Don't get a big head. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're wearing green today, Truman. I'm going to have to stop by and check that out. Hey, see you tomorrow. <laughs>